Welcome to 27 Speaks, a weekly podcast with the staff of the Express News Group who share their insights into the latest stories making news on the east end of Long Island. 27 Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com And we are recording. Well, I'm just watching the news this morning, you guys, and it looks like Biden has just overtaken Trump in Pennsylvania. So this is this ain't over yet. Fat lady ain't sung. And speaking of, of things theatrical, <laughs> today we are talking about the Bay Street Theater, which had some very exciting news this week. So before we jump into that, I want to just introduce everyone who's here. Uh, Bill Sutton is here today. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Annette. Hi, I'm Bill Sutton. I'm the managing editor of the Express News Group. And we also have Steve Coates with us. And Steve is uh, one of the reporters for the Express News Group. Hey, Steve, how are you doing? Good morning. How are you? Good. And we also have Tracy Mitchell. And Tracy Mitchell is the executive director of the Bay Street Theater. Good morning, Tracy. How are you? Good morning, Annette. I'm great. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, And my name is Annette Hinkle, and I'm the Arts and Living Editor at the Express News Group. So we've gathered here together today to talk about some exciting news that Bay Street Theater has um, this week, which is that they are moving forward with building a new facility that will be truly all of their own. Um, Since the theater opened in the early 90s, they have rented a a gorgeous little space on Long Wharf in Sag Harbor, but um, it's not, it was never theirs to own. So there was always the uncertainty of having to renegotiate leases and just a difficult, difficult thing for a nonprofit organization to not actually own its own building in that um, it just makes it very hard to plan for the future. So Tracy, maybe you want to jump in a little bit and talk a little bit about that? (laughs) You did. You did a great job, Annette. (laughs) That pretty much summarizes it. Well, I mean, I think I could start by saying, you know, as someone that's been there uh, just about 13 years now, um, I actually lived at sort of up and down and were we going to get the the lease renewed and if so, for how long? And so the bottom line was, you know, we we offered at different times to uh, to do what we could to stay where we were. The space is really lovely. Um, it's very intimate. And I think that's one of the things audiences like about our, our theater. But at the same time, um, you know, you, one always has to keep looking forward. And we started to outgrow this building. Um, so even if there came a time when, um, when we could buy it, which there didn't ultimately, but if there had been, we realized, you know, we're already out of space, so it's not working. And, and for a nonprofit, you either have to, you either grow or you wither away. You know, it's, it's sort of one or the other. And for us, growth was happening and is happening um, to such a degree that we had already outgrown it. So for example, you know, we never have a place to do our um, summer kids classes or camps. No place for our education during the summer because the, the stage, the main stage was a one-off and you, we had nine, per, nine performances there a week. So there was, we, we were always searching for more land and more space and um, now it looks like we found it. It's a very weird time, I think, to, to even think about expanding as well. Like we're in the midst of a pandemic. 
<laughs> but at the same time, you obviously see this area becoming more of a year-round place to live for a lot of the people who maybe have readjusted their lives. So, I mean, I guess the good news is like, instead of a lot of parts of the country where people are just sort of a, a hunker down mode, you, you know, I, I just wondered is like, is that part of what, what you see happening? Are you seeing, you know, more people are becoming more interested in, in being in the theater for things other than just plays. And um, is that sort of one of the things that's going to be guiding your um, direction forward? I think, you know, the timing of this and us moving forward actually makes a lot of sense because at the moment, as you well know, um, theater is basically shut down and ours is along with it. Um, and I think that it's funny how things just come together sometimes at the strangest moments. <laughs> You know, and the, and the moments that you feel the most, um, you know, I left my office, I have to say, on March 12th with one employee down with um, COVID, but we didn't know oh, really yeah. what it was, right? He, he, he ended up in the hospital for one night. We're all racing out of the office. And, you know, my mindset at that time was, oh, everybody take what you need for about two weeks and, you know, yep. I'm we'll see you in a couple of weeks. And so we, we all hunkered down and we all know what happened next. So it gave me a lot of time and pause to be able to really think, okay, what, if I'm, if I'm dreaming for the theater, what is it? And I kept, this has been an ongoing thing with me, which is for 13 years, I've said, if I've done all this work and our people who've kept this place going all this time, end up without a theater. I said, that's, that's a possibility unless we figure out a permanent home. I just said I was going to make that my final, my final objective for Bay Street. Because if I didn't, there's just no way to make things as exciting as the artists we have working with us. I guess that's the way to think about it. And I think too, because, you know, we see how much Sag Harbor is changing and how quickly, I mean, we've always, people have always complained about, oh, Sag Harbor is changing, but it feels like in the last couple of years, the pace has picked up. So now is probably the time to figure out the future. I think that's right. Steve, could you explain a little bit about where the theater is looking to go and kind of just give us some of the nuts and bolts of the actual physical location of where they're looking to move? Well, I haven't seen any plans yet, but I know <laughs> that they've purchased uh, Water Street shops, and I imagine there's going to be the the 7-Eleven Big Gulp main stage with the, uh, <laughs> the more with the more inter intimate 7-Eleven Slurpee <laughs> performance space. But no, so um, the, the the purchase is for West Water or Water Street shops, which is right across the street from the post office, right in front of uh, Steinbeck Park, and I have not even seen a sketch so. I hear that they may be out there, but I haven't seen them. I haven't seen them either. So if you find one, let me know. Because <laughs> I should be one of the first to see it, don't you think? <laughs> we haven't even finalized the deal with the uh, architects yet. So, I mean, we haven't even announced that. Are you allowed to share the purchase price of the property? I'm not, unfortunately. So I guess we'll have to wait until the recorded deeds comes out to find out. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We'll catch you on that soon enough. Yep. Um, you know, and one thing, of course, as the waterfront has been developed, there's, there, there's been some 
some concern about the uh, about the condos that are being built as part of the Steinbeck Park deal about mm. their their massing. Yeah, and of course, I mean, you know, they 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 are the size that appears on the blueprint. You know, mm -hmm. um, people just didn't realize how tall it would be, and I just wonder, you know, uh, we're not going to be having a uh, uh, like a, a proscenium arch and a huge uh, towering theater, are we? Well, we st I don't think anyone will ever be allowed to build that height again anyway. I mean, they, that was, uh, I don't know, you know, those variances had to be gotten from somewhere. But um, I, look, I agree with you. Those are huge masses in terms of um, the water, water views. So, um, you know, I think one of the things that I would hope is that whatever we build, that there's enough of a, a view shed and there will be because now um you know we've been we've been in touch with the mayor and the all everybody um the trustees um and we've had these conversations because one of the things that um they were they were worried about was that a developer could come in and build on mass if you will the way bialski's properties are there already so this was sort of the last chance we felt to be able to save that view shed and really at the same time create a base street that's going to be around forever. So I think to your to your point, Steve, one of the things that the village is, is in the middle of is this moratorium um, along the water waterfront and um, for commercial property. And I think one of the things we talked about with the village is that it'll be necessary to, I think, retain an eight foot passageway between anything that's there uh, or anything that gets put up there. So that is one of the goals is to maintain that beautiful view shed. And this is all coming together because of course the village has got the moratorium and they're moving. I have to, I'm impressed by the speed uh, at which they're moving because they want to have the, the proposed zoning changes in, in hand by mid-January. Yep. And that's when it'll slow down once the once the public yeah. hearing process will start. So yeah, what's the square okay. footage of the Water Street shops? Do we know that? I've I've been hearing fifteen thousand square feet plus for the building. That's what I heard, fifteen thousand five hundred. And that includes everything all the way down to where the library used to rent. So that's correct. Yeah, that's the Jewish. Center for Jewish life. Now. And most of that's yeah. only one story. So that's that's a sizable chunk of space for mostly one story building, right? Yeah. Correct. Well you got yeah. some you got some potential there, girl. I've got some potential. Um <laughs> it'll be interesting to see, you know, how how it all comes together. You know, I know you guys sit there in your, your lovely office on Long Wharf, probably looking out the window, trying to think about where you could go. I mean, was, was that property something that had even entered into the imagination of you guys in your casual conversations at Bay Street about, about potential future homes? So the way, the way those homes, I mean, look, I would sit there. <laughs> now, of course, our offices are all like divided up into little plastic um, <laughs> rooms that it looks like you're at a bank office instead of at a theater but in any case you know you look out that window and you see kind of the, the view and the vista and you just think wow just imagine as you came over that bridge and anyone that's driven it or walked it you kind of look to your right and you see you know I the, love it. The, <laughs> not, the, 
Exactly. 7-Eleven and you see some stuff going on in a parking lot and you're like, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I always used to dream about it, but um, you know, I, I knew that at some point that property would be for sale. And I knew that the property across the way where the, you know, um, next to the post office. And, you know, I always wondered if the Shiavoni property would ever sell, you know, so there was always, you kind of always knew that those were there, but to finally have um, support and, you know, a board that was saying, yeah, you guys, this is, this is something we should do and, and go for it was really incredible. So do you want to talk a little bit about how this is structured? So it's not Bay Street Theater that's really buying and developing the property. It's, it's a new um, nonprofit organization, right, Tracy? Correct. Yeah, that's correct. So the Friends of Bay Street Theater and Sag Harbor Redevelopment was formed, but specifically to purchase land, develop the land, build the theater, and then hand the keys back over to Bay Street. That's good. And yeah, I mean, that was sort of its, its um, purpose of being. Tracy, I'm curious, you know, was your, you know, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about your board members who were instrumental in, in this, and also just wondered if this was something that had sort of been kind of quietly sort of sitting there, this, the Friends of Bay Street, kind of just waiting until the right opportunity, because it seemed like you were able to organize so quickly right. and jump on this. So I almost feel like you were sort of, it was sort of like a little panther waiting to pounce on the property. <laughs> and to that very end, um, I mean, there have been, there's been rumors for five years. I mean, I remember uh, th- there's that parcel across from Bridgehampton Commons. There was talk that that yes. might be the future home. So, and I think, wasn't, wasn't it the property behind the Agway in, in, in Bridgehampton also? Yep, it was the Agway. Or the Agway itself. Yeah, we looked at the Agway for a long time, yeah. Wow. Um, the Agway is oh, five, five acres, I guess. I don't remember the, all the details of it, but yeah, there was a time, look, I've been with the theater since we looked at so many properties. I have a pile that I keep <laughs> showing every plan of every place. And, you know, even back to when we were considering moving to Southampton. To the old parish, um, right? The old parish, yeah. Yeah. And um, funny, funnily enough, I was talking to Tom Dunn um, just not too long ago. And he was talking about, you know, we were just, we had some, on different topics, we were just catching up. And he actually said, you know, at some point, our building is going to need a capital project. I said, really? Like the roof that, you know, 10 years ago, they told me it was going to be $2 million to fix the roof when we were going to get the building for free. <laughs> I said, yeah, that's the, that's the current site of the Southampton Arts Center. If people don't know, yeah, Tom Dunn is the um, executive director of that organization and and he and Amy Kerwin do amazing work. Yeah, amazing. Really great. It's really great. Yeah. So, so, so I would say, so your, so your board was like ready to sort of jump. Then you guys kind of already. I mean, they seemed like they already had, they already had sort of their ducks in a row for when something came available. Is that right? Do you? I think. I think the bottom line is, you know, we would have lost um, because we we spent a lot of time on these different product, projects, especially the one in Bridgehampton. And it came down to every time we found a place that wasn't in Sag Harbor, we were going to lose some support. So 
you know, people that live in Bridge or in East, we were happy to come to SAG. And people that lived in Bridge and South were happy to come to SAG. But once you get out of the center of town, you know, it was one of those things. We'd lose half the support. So from that moment on, when I said, I'm done, we're done looking, wasting time in all these other places, it's not going to work. Everybody wants us in Sag Harbor. That's when um, I really, uh, both Adam Potter and I, who is our one of our very supportive sponsors, I mean, um, patrons, he, that's when he and I said, look, what are the properties that are available? And I said, well, I know two. All I know is that the 7-Eleven has always been you know, something that people talked about for sale and the area where the, um, the gas ball was. So I said, if we lose and, and those two are sold, I said, I don't know if Bay Street will ever have a home here. Yeah. So it, it felt to me like we were at the, the breaking point. Either you have to move soon or, you know, this, this village is so tiny, as everyone knows, there's just not a lot of thing, places to consider. So how much longer is the lease there at the, um, the Long Wharf property? Um, we have it till May of 2023. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we had, we had written to, our, to Mr. Malloy bef before this came public because we didn't, you know, we didn't want to surprise him. We wanted him to know this is the story and hopefully we can get another year on the lease if that's what we need. Or, you know, he's contrary, as I said to somebody else, you know, contrary to what people like to write about him, he's been really really good with us and to me especially I've, we've never had this is patrick malloy who owns the property just want to clarify who he is so people who don't know him um yeah, yeah. right timeline on um on I, I know i know it's really early you don't have plans yet but any kind of timeline on on building the new building we'd love to have a shovel in the ground by the end of next year so right. that we're underway in 2021 in some way and then, you know, two years or a year and a half, two years of building. As you said, it's early, but. So what are you dreaming of? What are you dreaming of being able to do in that space as far as the facilities and what you can probably likely create on that property? Oh my God. You know, I don't know if what we can likely do, but I know what the dreams are that Scott and I have talked about for years, you know, which is so many times we've not been able to to take on a production or work with work with somebody who was in the middle of um who wanted us to co-produce something to potentially move it to broadway um because we didn't have the the space for it or because we had um other issues and expenses that you wouldn't normally have if you have your own space so for example we have always had a separate space in riverhead and so we have to build things that are completely, that you completely take apart, put in a truck and move to our site. You mean like scenery, so, scenery and things Scenery, like that. props, whatever it might be. Yes. And you have to design with that in mind, that it all has to come apart into whatever, wow. you know, however long. And so now think about that, that you just build it on site and bring it up in an elevator or walk it up, whatever it is, to, to the stage. Um, the, the 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 stage itself you know we'll be able to keep the um keep the intimacy that we all love of bay street you know it's only eight rows 
um, but yet have a flex space that allows you to change the actual layout of the stage. And just to clarify too, um, Bay Street is a 299 seat house. Yes. And that's a very important number because it sort of keeps you in a certain um, equity category. Level. Yeah. Category, right. right. And there's no intention to go above that probably, I'm thinking, right? Yeah, probably not. Um, we also want to have a 99 seat house, we hope, um, that's more like a black box, um, which for those that may not know what mm. that is, it's sort of just an empty space that one can move seats around and recreate for development work um, that a lot of times we do that development work um, throughout the year, but we never had a separate space for it. So when we do a new work um, that's brand new that no one has ever heard of, it's a world premiere, um, we have to do that on our main stage. And in most theaters, that work is usually developed in a smaller theater so that you can hear it, you can really tweak and have time to um, rework the script, time to rework if it needs new characters or it needs to lose a character. And we never really have the space that allows us to do that. And now we will. Local support comes from the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. In these trying times, working full-time for their clients and the public interest, providing strong advocacy and attentive counsel, be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com this is kind of a weird sentiment, but I'm also wondering or just thinking what's going on with the pandemic and the city and all that. It may be that even when things are allowed to open up a bit, that a lot of producers and directors and actors will want to work on things away from Manhattan. I mean, I don't know. Do you see, what do you see coming down the pike in terms of the theater world, as far as the way that people have dispersed? Well, boy, I mean, it's, it really makes me sad um you know there's there's plenty of actors and performers right now who are thinking that they have to go into something else because the world that we're living in is coming out of this too slowly for them to really you know be able to make it listen it was hard enough making a living as an artist and when you add a pandemic on top of it um it's it's been de beyond devastating so I think, though, for those that are going to continue, it is, um, look, artists create, <laughs> no matter what, what is happening. And we've all seen that. And um, I think that down the pike, theater may look a bit different, um, at least for the short term. And that short term may be two, three, four, five years, which may mean we're sitting apart in a space and may mean we're doing more outdoor productions. Um, I actually look forward to that creativity. I've seen it already in terms of what's happening online. And while none of us are really excited about staring at a screen any longer, it just shows you what will happen the minute we're allowed to be open again. And when it's nice out again, we've, you know, we, we already, performed outside. We know how to do that. When we did our Shakespeare event um, about a month ago, we saw how excited people were just to be gathered, but in a safe way. 
we had 40, 40 audience members. We had little pod seating. So whether they were two people or four people in their group, they could pod together. They sat far away from each other. They sat 30 feet, over 30 feet away from the um, actors and performers and everybody was safe. Um, and it just, and everyone was so grateful. I mean, the feeling, it just gives me goosebumps right now because it was Shakespeare's words and it was um, amazing how much they pertain to today. So I think the world of theater will come back, but to your point, Annette, I think that even in the design of what we're doing, I think it all needs to be very flexible. I think the seats somehow have to be flexible. We have to be able to remove some or remove rows. I don't know, I leave that to the experts, but I, I think it's gonna be a new world when we're done building. And all the world's a stage, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we're merely players. <laughs> you know, winter of our discontent can be one of your early productions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You could also do um, The Plague by Camus. <laughs> and I think, you know, uh, uh, just a couple of things that, that we should touch on here is the, the, the future of Bay Street and how it's going to relate to the park as that development goes forward. And I mean, you have, <clears throat> Tracy, uh, both you and, and, and Adam had said that the, your goal, you know, is to, is to have a, you know, a, a good relationship with the village that allows that that park to thrive as part of a cultural center. So, um, yeah. You know, I don't know if there's if there's any need to talk about whether or not part of it part of your property will be sold off to the town so that it can provide a better access to the park, or if if there are any other issues like that. I I think that is one of the most exciting parts of creating this project because frankly when people used to ask well who's bay streets what's what do you who do you consider your biggest competitor quote unquote and i used to say the beach and because the big why do people come out here in the summer or you know or we all love what's here the the outdoors the beautiful sky the water so um to me, the idea that we might be able to design something that opens, whether it's owned by us or owned by the village, I don't know, but, but something that opens up to open air space, maybe it's a theater that the, the backside of the door just opens up and it's, it's the stage is facing out, you know, and or it's theater in the round and there's some people inside and there's some people outside on a lawn. I mean, this is where... I get really excited because, you know, um, it's it's a whole new day when you can think about really designing to perform uh, both indoors and outdoors. And that's a way that I think that really the community can um, have full access to what we're doing and um, maybe even see through rehearsal rooms or, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the it's all, it's all, TBD at this point, but I, I can imagine just having a space that that's, provides full access, whether you're coming to see a show or not, doesn't matter. That's, that's the kind of place I could see having with a restaurant on the top overlooking the water and spaces that people can um, come in and out of. 
that would be the 7-Eleven Big Bite restaurant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that brings up a good point. Like, you know, like, like some of the, a lot of the people I've seen on Facebook, they're like, oh, this is great news. Congratulations, Bay Street. But then their next thing is like, what happens to all the shops there? It's like, wait a minute. These are the same people that protested against yes. 7-Eleven. <laughs> but Steve, I don't know if you've done any poking around. Like, what are the thoughts about the, the businesses that occupy? We have a liquor store there, a Chinese restaurant. The Chabad is there. Um, I know that they're my hair cutters in that building. So funny you should say that, though, because I will be going over there today and starting to ask around and see what people, what their plans are, um, see if anyone will talk. And I know that having spoken with, with Adam and, and Tracy last week, that uh, Adam expressed, you know, the, the, the hope that, that Bay Street would be able to help people find new places, but I don't know how, you know, how far you can, can take that. I mean, you know, at some point, the building's going to have to be raised or whatever. Right. I would say, I would say, I, I for one, I'm going to have a daughter that disowns me if, if that, if the Chinese food place isn't around somewhere. <laughs> and, um, and I also am one of those people that can't imagine not being able to run over for the, uh, you know, the 7 a.m. I forgot to buy milk uh, for the cereal and coffee <laughs> run. So, oh, admit it, Tracy, you're a big gulp fan. You're just not willing to say I know. it. On I didn't want to say it, but. <laughs> I, will, I will tell you that when my oldest daughter was a baby, that I was real pleased that that 7-Eleven was there because she woke up in the middle of the night with a terrible fever and we didn't have any uh, children's Tylenol. And I went down there and boom, you know. Yep. Yeah, no, it's important. So. I, I think Adam is really um, doing his best to see how to make how to make something work for those guys. Maybe not everybody, but at least the the Seven Eleven, if possible. And and I keep pushing the Chinese food place to have a plate home too. <laughs> Maybe you can give the, the restaurant space at the top. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Another issue to make sure we do that we do touch on is. You know the the moratorium is ongoing. The village is trying to move very quickly with that. So you so Bay Street really, even if the moratorium, uh, even if the zoning changes are adopted within the first month of 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 them being aired, which puts us in mid February, that's going to slow down the pace of what how, how you develop the property because they might say we don't want anything higher than twenty feet there. You know they might. Uh, who knows? I mean, there's there's all sorts of, of things that could come out of that. But it'll be it'll be it'll be good that the theater can be part of that discussion as they're looking at at the at possible code changes to say, you know, this is what we're hoping to do there and and have that incorporated into the decision making yeah. process anyway. And also, from what I understood, just based on um, my discussions with people, is that if you you know they, there's like it's like it's the trade off, like it's a form based architecture yeah. where if you if you want to go up, then you open up on the sides to trade, so you still get the view shed. So you pr provide more public access in one direction if you want to go up in another, um, which is kind of smart. Right. Right. No, it's, it's a you know, it's 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 long time in coming in general because the notion of X size for X size lot is just is is outdated, and I you know and of course there will be, what'll be the meat and potatoes for the Sag Harbor Express will be the there will be, I'm sure, a planning board issue for site plan. There will be, I imagine, uh, ZBA variance is possible. Uh, ARB will be involved. Yeah, so have fun, Tracy. 
the harbor committee will be involved. Are they going to talk um, about so, signage, Steve? Because I know you're a oh, big fan of signage. Story. I've already been working. I, I've been I've been working on my initial <laughs> article on the signage. We have to really write a musical about all of those boards. Could you imagine? Oh my God, it would be hysterical. I wish I was a writer because I. Trust me, it's not it's not all exciting. I just pictured all the lawyers with their briefcases all in row and oh my god. <laughs> but I have some good material. And then the and then the bar at the American Hotel, that'll be another scene like the post ZBA <laughs> meeting where everybody says what they really think while Vinny's serving them up. Oh my god. Right. Yeah. There's always the meeting after the meeting that involves a couple of martinis. Yeah. Where's Ted Conklin when you need him? Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, very exciting. Okay, I think we're. I think our, our work is largely done here. Yeah, how's everybody spending the rest of the, the day and the weekend? Other than looking at presidential returns on, on the television. I was very happy this morning to ride my bike for the second day in a row because the weather has finally broken. It seemed like it was two weeks of... Um, constant downpours or 30 degree weather and I couldn't get out there and and so I got out there yesterday and today rode 10 miles through through the uh, streets of Riverhead and now I feel like I need a nap because it was such a gap there I'm just tired now well I've been told by a friend of mine that the the beach in Bridgehampton is full of bunker as far as the eye can see so I would go down and fish but I think I have to get some work done so I'm Wow. I got to tell you, I'm, I, I, I don't fish at night. I just have this feeling that I'm going to slip and then maybe some of my bones will wash up 10 miles down the beach. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Not for everybody. It's been yeah. known to happen. So they're there in the daytime. So head on down. That's what I do <laughs> when I can see. So I don't hit myself, you know. Well, thank you. And thank you, Tracy, so much for joining us. This was really fun. Thank you so much for having me, Annette. It's always fun. I have a feeling that we'll have lots of opportunity in the next um, couple of years to do this again. Thanks. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Let's all get through the plague first. I would say break a leg, but given the current... <laughs> yeah, 2020, it's not so hard to say anything like that. Twenty Seven Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. Thank you for listening. Join us again next week to hear what's news on the East End. Our interlude flute music is by Allison O'Reilly. Our opening and closing theme music is Boysdale Blues, written and performed by the incomparable Judy Carmichael. Listen to Judy's weekly show, Jazz Inspired, airing on an NPR station near you, or go to jazzinspired.com. 27 Speaks is a weekly podcast produced by the Express News Group, which includes the Southampton Press, the East Hampton Press, the Sag Harbor Express, 27east.com, and sagharborexpress.com Find us on the websites or subscribe through Apple Podcasts.